And Father, we thank you that you are a God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Oh! Lord, the words that you've declared over your children in generations past, you repeat today that you are faithful, Father. Lord, we've sung it this morning, we've declared it in song. But Lord, we just want to reiterate again from our heart to your heart, you, God, are good and we thank you for your goodness towards us. Father, forgive us for how we confuse the message of your passionate, faithful love to all men, all women, all children. Lord, help us to have a clear view of your heart love for the world, that we might walk in it, that we might declare it, that we might example it. Jesus, as you came to bring the Father's heart and love into the generations that follow, and we are part of that. Lord, you spoke to your disciples as you prayed to the Father and you said that those that would believe because of the words that they would speak and we stand here in that line of blessing and we thank you, Jesus, that you've prayed for us as you stood on earth and we thank you now that you continue to pray for us as you sit with the Father. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the messenger of life and love and power and truth from the Father through the Son to us. And this day... This Father's Day, we declare that there is none like you. You are faithful Father. We love you and we thank you for your unconditional love for us. Help us to walk in it and let us shed it abroad, Lord, for that is truth and light and life. And we thank you today in Jesus' precious name. Hey! Amen. Amen. Thanks, David and Carol. Please be seated, everybody. It's good to have you all here at Pine Rivers Vineyard. Welcome to all our visitors. My name's Scott. Uh, it's wonderful to have you all here with us this morning, um, celebrating, well, the Father, the Son, and the, and the Spirit all together. What a great day to celebrate communion, too. We often focus on, we should focus on Jesus, but the sacrifice of the Father, like I was just thinking as we were taking communion, both the restraint and the, we were talking to be a better good father, but dads know like you don't want any pain to come to your children so both the restraint and the love that the father was in that moment of Jesus being crucified is is unbelievable to really fathom and think about if you deeply ponder what that must have been like for him we could maybe glance over it and think about it oh he just you know he knew it needed to happen so he just let it happen I don't think so a father is a father and a father never wants their children to be in pain and so think about that in terms of the love he has for you as well, that he would, he would go through that himself to give up his own son, that he could be in a relationship with you right here, right now, today. It's a wonderful thing and be blessed in that today. Um, sorry, I'm not preaching. I just wanted to bless you with that as well, all of you, um, fathers and every child of God this morning. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be here together again, and, and let's, uh, let's extend our worship beyond just our words. We, we, in the vineyard, we, we believe in, in bringing tithes and offerings to the Lord, um, not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of response of love back towards God to say, you're our source of life. Everything we have is, is, is from you, for you, and through you. And we just want to acknowledge that this morning and, and bring our tithes and offerings. So let's pray together as we do that. <clears throat> Gracious Father, thank you for your provision in our lives in every single way. 
And there's acknowledgement this morning of how you provide in every single way we come to bring our tithes and our offerings. One component of worship to you today, acknowledging your provision in our life, saying thank you for that, but also um, coming to give to see your kingdom grow in this world. We want to see it grow and expand. We are thankful, Father, this morning for this church. We're thankful that all we give goes towards seeing uh, an inheritance in and through Pine Rivers Vineyard. Mm. Bring it more, we pray. Bring it more. Bring your kingdom. Expand it and grow it even more. Thank you. Gosh, God, the Holy Spirit's moving right now across the room in that. So we just ask, Lord, that in the midst of all that's going on in life, as we give, and for those that are are maybe struggling right now to think about that, bring your provision, we pray. Bring your provision. Provide. Bring miracles, jobs, expansion in businesses, favour in in job roles to, to grow and move on and beyond where we are now. Yeah, bring it, we pray. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the electronic version is at the back if you want to give. That way, otherwise, the machine is uh, there's an FPOS machine with some instructions and a wooden box. If you've got um, cash, you can put that in there. That'd be all good. Kirk, come on up here, mate. Why don't you welcome Kirk, everybody? Oh, yeah, we might want to send the kids. <laughs> We're getting all excited up here this morning. All right, kids, it's time for you to head out to Jive. You've been very patient. You should have been jumping up and down and waving. Got you, Brad. Uh, let's just uh, bless the, children, the, the kids this morning on, on this day, on Father's Day. Lord, we just bless the children. And again, we acknowledge the gift they are from you. They are a gift from you. Words that we speak, but, man... When, it really, when we really think about it, we're in awe of the wonder of the gift of the kids to us. Our greatest prayer is that they would know you deeply and intimately, even now in their lives. Come and have your way in their life. Let them know you're real in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Brad, I've got you, mate. Men, uh, your dinner is on, on sun, uh, Thursday night at 7 p.m. at the Launton Tavern. Got it. Done. All right, lock it in, fellas. All right, Kirk, let's bless this man. Let's extend a hand of blessing to Kirk as we acknowledge we want all that we, oh God has for us this morning, that you're here not just a, as a routine, but you're here for a reason this morning, that God wants to meet with you and love on you. And so um, we want that to happen through all that Kirk says this morning. So let's pray for him now and ask God to make that happen. Such a wonderful testimony in this man's life of how good you are, Father. And out of the overflow of that relationship, let him speak this morning. Fill him up, Holy Spirit. Fill him up. And I know you're about to preach, mate, but just praying a blessing on you this morning of a rich experience of the Father's love upon your life today. And in the coming days. And now, Holy Spirit, out of the overflow of the love he ha- you have for him and the love that Kirk has for the church, bring your word this morning, Lord, and let it, be, let it find rich soil in our lives and let it grow. Let it grow in our lives, Lord. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks, Scott. Well, good morning, everybody. <coughs> um, hey, 
this morning we're going to put our little series that we've started called Come to the River just off to the side for a moment because I want to uh, just take a little, you know, left-hand turn and spend a little bit of time talking about the great love of our God, the Father, this morning. So if that's all right with you, we'll put the, we'll put the river conversation off to the side. We'll come back to the river again next weekend um, and, um, and we'll get stuck into that some more. But if you've got a Bible with you or if you've got your phone app, Bible app, and you want to get it ready, I want you to open it to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. But before we get there, um, you know, I was spending a, a little bit of time late last night as I was going to bed and then earlier this morning as I was rising, it seems like I... I don't know what's happening to me, but I feel like I want to go to bed earlier and I wake up earlier. I'm like, there's something wrong with all of that. I don't know what's happening. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's like I'm listening to kookaburras at 4 a.m. I'm like, what is going on? I'm meant to be asleep. But anyway, in, in those moments, uh, I was having some, just t- time having some thinking back with God about um, you know, my life as, as a dad, as a father, and, and towards my children, and, um, and just some of the moments through the sort of the longer story of that. My, my youngest is now uh, 18 and finishing high school this year. My oldest is getting married in a few weeks' time, and everyone's kind of leaving the house, and, and so Nicole and I are clunking around in this house together a bit like, where is everyone? What do we do now? <laughs> and so we're we're going through this sort of change in terms of our lives, and um, and so there's a bit of space that's afforded to us where we can reflect on a little bit of stuff of the journey over the years. And so for me this morning, I was and late last night, I was kind of reflecting a little bit on the years of all of those um, amazing gifts that I would get as a dad every year as my kids would go to school and, you know, you'd give them 10 bucks each and they'd go and, and they, then they'd buy you all these little gifts that were kind of made at school for you, you know, like a paper tie, I, I need another calendar for the fridge, of course, and a torch and can't have enough torches and apparently I need a million key rings every year. But, you know, I just get all these gifts and, and, and just sort of thinking back into those moments where, you know, your kids, my kids would bring them to me and, and, and you could just see it in their eyes. You could see their heart in their eyes. You could see their, their heart in their eyes like, this for you, Dad. You know, they're just bringing it with big smiles, big sense of like, I, I, I took that 10 bucks and I got you this, you know. And... Um, they, I was, you know, I was thinking about it and just entering into the sort of the memory of that again last night and this morning and, and thinking about the fact that it wants to say much, it's not about the gifts, you know, as a father, it's not about the gifts that your kids bring you. As a father, it's about the joy that you see in your children because you see in them your joy. Because you see in them your joy. And if you think about Jesus, you know, when he was in saying to his disciples in John chapter 15, uh, he, he, Jesus is like, you know, his prayer, his prayer is like, Father, that they'd be one and they'd know you and that, that my joy would be in them and their joy would be complete. 
would be complete. And of course, the joy of Jesus is the Father, you know, to make the Father known to people. That's the great joy of Jesus, is to make his dad known to all people. And, and as a result of that, when people get it, when people come alive to the reality that, that God the Father, the Father of Jesus, loves them with an incredible love that's deep and powerful and generous and rich, that, that as, as people get it, as they start to come alive, it's actually the joy of God in them that they're connecting with. And that's why they're coming alive. There's a lot of things and a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, uh, ideas that many would paint and suggest could bring you joy. And I think we spend a lot of time, energy and money in pursuit of things in the hope that they would bring us this deep joy that we really long for, that every human being just deep in goes, I I'm made for something more or I, I, I need to connect with something more significant. It's that reality that Neil was, um, you know, tapping into as he was praying for us while we are leading. It's that Jesus wants to come in and enter into every single human being so that they might know his dad. They might know his father, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who holds it all together. And so I was thinking a little bit about some of that joy this morning, <clears throat> and um, I found an old book that I, I, I read a while back, and anyway, I just pulled it off the shelf again this morning, and I really want to read just a little bit of it to you, because it's written by a guy called Ed McGlasson, and his whole thing is um, really on, teaching is really about the father heart of God, and He's a, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was a pro football player at some point in his life. But anyway, he writes, he writes this little chapter in this book called The Difference a Father Makes. He, this chapter, it's called Living in the Smile of the Father. And I just want to read a section to you. It's a bit of a chunk, so hang with me. He says, There comes a time in every person's life when they stop and evaluate and they ask themselves, Am I successful? Am I becoming all that I'm meant to be? Am I, is my life honouring God? He says, after serving as a pastor for 20 years, he said, I recently came to the, this point in my own life and it's easy to look at the past and feel like you've blown it or that you're far from where you think you should be. And he said, at, 87 years, at 47 years of age, he said, I feel like I've had some wonderful success with my children he says, on the other hand, there's some parts of my life where I felt like I've um, never measured up. And so he said, I went before the Lord and I asked God the question. He said, Father, how am I doing? Like, if you want to walk away with a question to ask God today, take that one home with you. All right, that's the question of the day. Take that one home. Father, how am I doing? He says, as I was sitting at this restaurant patio overlooking the harbour, I desperately longed to hear God speak words of encouragement to my life. I was weary from the journey, thirsty for refreshment in my soul. And just as that feeling began to settle over me, I began reading the story of Samson in Judges 15. And like me, Samson was very weary from the journey. 
Judges 15, 18. Then Samson became thirsty and he called to the Lord and he said, You've given this great deliverance by your hand, your, by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of those? And then that's he, and then Ted says, Ed says, that's where I was broken, tired and weary from dealing from many challenges in life and vocation and ministry. I was crying out to God for connection, for validation, for refreshment. Judges 15, 19. But God split the hallow place so that the water came out. And when, Sol- when um, Samson drank it, his strength returned. He was revived. God heard Samson. God heard me, said Ed. As I was reading those words, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, a previously dormant fountain in the restaurant had been turned on. It was now bubbling over, and then the worship music I was listening to through my headphones began piping out the lyrics of a song by Michael W. Smith that said, I can hear your voice, and the Lord began to speak to me. And while I was praying and listening to the Lord, I recorded these words in my journal. He wrote, I just want to please you, Father. You became my father after you took mine. I never had his voice, but I have yours. I don't want to miss you right now. The next moment, God's words flooded my heart, and he said to me, Ed, you can't. You are a man after my heart. And then the Lord went on to describe all of the sacrifices that he had witnessed in my life. And God was not scowling about my life. He was smiling. We need people who live from the smile of our Father, not for the trophies of this world. In that moment with the Lord, all that mattered and all that still matters is that I'm his son. The words he spoke to me filled me like the spring filled the thirsty Samson who'd just slain a thousand Philistines. I began sobbing softly in the restaurant and patrons slowly moved away from my table and God's love began to wash over me and it became very real to me that his smile was over my life. Have you ever had a moment in your time with God when he asks you the question, what do you want? And you know he's going to give it to you? Deep down, you know it's better to ask for something meaningful. And during that moment with the Lord, I had before me a number of potential directions and adventures to choose from. But I remember saying this one thing. I just want you and I only want to be your son. You see, the moment you know what's really important in your life, it changes you. You realise it's not how much you do, but who you are. How quickly we slip into works and move away from grace that is freely given us to trying to prove that we're worthy of his grace. It's a slippery slope in life, that one. In the end, you want the same thing that any child wants, the child to be the child of a father who smiles upon their life as you chase your dreams. Once we understand how to live for the smile of the father, we can be people who smile on children. And once we understand that we no longer have to earn his approval, we can bask in the freedom of living for his smile. And just like a little child, 
we can walk and play in the field of our dreams and turn around to see there he is. Our father is smiling at us. You know, today we celebrate God. Today we celebrate his smile is breaking in over us. Today the Holy Spirit in this moment is welcoming us into the great love of God. So we're going to turn and read now in John chap, 1 John chapter 3, if we can go to the next slide. Thanks, Nick. I think it's the next one. Oh, the following one where the scripture is. So just to give you a handle on who this bloke is that's um, writing this and what stage he's at. So the bloke that's writing this, if you flick back to the very start of the Gospels, you'll see he's got a brother. They're good fishermen. They, they have a dad. His name's Zebedee. They're, they're, they're good small businessmen. They've got a good trade. And Jesus comes along and calls both to this guy, John, and to his brother, James, and they down tools when Jesus in, you know, enters into their life. They down tools and they're like, uh, they say to their dad, listen, we're now going to go and serve this guy and give our life to following him. And so, uh, so they're hard. he's a hard worker. He's a small business operator. Uh, he understands the value of family. He, he risks following God. And then the adventure for this guy begins. Uh, so much so, he starts following Jesus around, and some people start doing stuff in his name, in the name of Jesus. And and John was like, "Hey, they they're not one of us. Do you think we should call down some thunder on them and some, you know, like zap them?" And so he's like, he was referred to in the Bible as one of the sons of thunder. And 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 then at the same time, this guy, he's like, he's bold, but he's not that bold. He's still kind of living in the shadow of his mother's skirt when he says, hey, mum, can you get up there and ask if I can have one of the seats next to God in the kingdom as it comes, you know? He's still living in the shadows. And, and, and so he's, he's, he's known as um, a son of thunder. He's, he's, he wants everything but he's, and he's bold for it, but he's not quite bold, still not quite bold enough in his sense of identity. He's, he's, he also refers to himself in the scriptures as the one that Jesus loved. So he's bold in that. He has this strong, deep inner connection with Jesus to be able to tell the audience that was listening to him, hey, he loves me and I'm his beloved. He was drawing his sense of identity from who Jesus was telling him he was. And not only is he that guy, he's also the guy that at the very end of the book, in, at the end of the Bible, he's the guy that under a Roman ruler is, is convicted of spiritual dark practices. What he was doing, he was prophesying into people's lives the good news of the reality of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders following. And as a result of that, the Roman emperor of the day, he said, no, that is a dark spiritual practice and I am the Lord. I am God, not Jesus. And so for your sins, you will be exiled from your people and you're going to Patmos, my friend. And so he gets stuck in the mines of Patmos, digging in a, in a very harsh environment for a sense of existence. And yet there in the middle of all of the exile and all of that, God speaks to him again gives him this incredible revelation of what's going on in the world. 
and what's going on in the body of Christ in the churches at that time. He was known as John the Revelator. But this bit, this bit that we're going to read, this bit is after he's returned from exile and he's living in Ephesus and he's overseeing a whole group of churches and by now he's pretty old and crusty. He's walked the walk, he's talked the talk and now he's got something to say. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Now just hold that statement knowing that long story that he's just walked through. And the words flowing from his heart that he wanted people to know was, you've got to see it. You have got to see this great love of our Father and he has lavished it upon us. That we are called the children of God and that is what we are. When you read that in the Bible there, it's got like a massive exclamation mark in the English. It's, it's, it's like he's making a thumping point. He, he's making a declaration. In light of this lavish love of God, we are his kids. The reason the world doesn't know us is it didn't know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we do know this, that when Jesus appears, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Here's a few things that I think an old man like John would want us to walk away with. And at this point, he was referred to as... um, John the Evangelist. In other words, his life had a better story to tell than the story and the narrative of the Roman emperor of the day and all of the other spiritual pagan practices in the earth. He was known as a good news. That's what evangel, it's good news. It's, in other words, John's life is a good news story. Wouldn't you want that on? Like, maybe, I don't know. I, I might be, you know, a little ahead in my thinking here, but, man, I'd love something like that etched on my tomb. His life told a good news story of God. Man, I, I, I would love my story to finish like that, wouldn't you? John's did after everything that he walked through. But anyway, John would want to say this to us. He would want to say firstly that God, as a father, the father of our Lord Jesus, has a love for each of us that is great and generous, lavish, not sparing. Paul also picks up on these themes, these ideas of the the incredible generosity and the the greatness of, of, of God. And he said, Paul would say it like this in his words in Romans 8. He would say it like this. He who did not spare his own son. And if you want to know what lavish love looks like, and Scott was riding on the back of that just as he was praying before. He, the father who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with Jesus, give graciously to us all things? God is not, a, he's not 
acting towards us in a measured, sparing way. John intentionally uses this word lavish. Um, Paul wants us to know God did this with Jesus without reservation, unsparingly. So if you want to know what the love of the Father looks like, we look and we look into the face of Jesus. And Jesus brings us the kingdom. Who will bring, Paul says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who, is, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also praying and interceding for us. Who can separate us from this love of Christ? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of this we're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. From I am convinced, here's another guy who's convinced. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. John's writing to us because he wants us to enter into the joy He wants us to enter into the joy of the deep, powerful, generous, gracious, life-transforming, sin-breaking, guilt-removing joy of discovering who God says we are when we gaze and embrace his son Jesus. That's, That's the great love of God at work in the earth. That's the great love of God at work in the earth. We get to step into who God says we are, not who we say we are. (laughs) I tried that for a long time. I still try that one on every now and then. It doesn't get me far. It's it's not even who we say we are. It's not even positive self-talk and positive confessions that we think will make us better people. It's, It's nothing to do with that. It's not even who others say you are or we are. The people that we work with or live with, go to school or university with. We are not who they say we are, according to John. It's not even about how well we do our our vocational space that says, oh, yeah, you're, you're a good manager or you're a good leader or you're a good, um, you know, employee. It's, we don't draw, for John, we don't draw it from there. And we certainly don't draw it from the father of lies. We surely don't draw it from the dark spiritual forces that are in the world and the cultural platitudes and attitudes that want to tell us who we are. We don't, we don't draw from there all those Some days probably we do. No, for John, old John the evangelist, whose life told a better story, he says, no, no, no. See what great love our God the Father has lavished on us in Jesus that we should be called his. And that's what we are. Full stop. 
You want to know who you are, where you belong, where you fit, your purpose, your identity, your truly flourishing life, it's in Jesus. Because in Jesus, we enter into his joy, joy made complete, that we get connected with the Father. The other thing I would just, on the back of that, would want to say, oh, there, next slide, thanks, Nicole. I'll just read this one. This is, this is a great book. It's called A Better Story by Glenn Harrison. I've read it a bunch of times over the last three or four years, and I'm back into it again. I love it. He says this, God welcomes humankind into a reality that both speaks of his glory and points to the way of life that pleases him. And when we adopt the psychological posture of a creature and work in harmony with God's reality, we are on the road to becoming more fully human. And so the road to human flourishing and to God's glory is to work with the grain of God's reality and not try to manufacture reality of our own. Next slide, thanks, Nick. See, for John, he says, it's very interesting, the very first word of 1 John 3, 1 is the word see. I think in this season, we are desperate for some clarity. We're desperate for some clarity about seeing who we truly are as human beings. We are desperate for clarity for seeing God as he truly is. I was praying with someone during the week and they said, I, I feel like God is like, in his kindness, he's just beginning to wipe people's eyes clean after a long season of living in fog and, de de um, and deception. It's, it's like God in his kindness is just wiping people's eyes so they can see. And this is what John's, this was John's first word of prayer and hope for all, all of us after his long journey and as he's about to, you know, toddle off into eternity at the, in, the, in the sort of the sunset of his day, he's saying, hey, see, see, see clearly, see above everything else. Let your eyes be open to see this great love of God. You see, God as a father, I think John would be saying to us, is it's his love that releases us and empowers us to our true self, our true identity. And again, Paul would back this up in his book in Ephesians 1.15. He says this, in love, God predestines us to be adopted as his children, as his sons and his daughters, through Jesus in accordance with his good pleasure and will. <laughs> You know, you're not hard work. <laughs> you're not, Michael. You're not. You're not hard work. According to God, according to his good pleasure, he walks with us. According to his good pleasure, pleasure and will you know for some people it's just a real delight to be with you know those people that you, it's a and you and you kind of leave those enc encounters and moments and you go you know what it was a real pleasure being with them 
It was a real delight to be in their company. That's how, that's how the Father is towards us in Jesus. You're a delight to be with. Remember, our response to that is not who we think we are. Our response to that is not who the world tells us we sh- they think we are. Our response to that Father's goodwill and, and pleasure is not the response of the, the lies of, of, of the enemy. No. That's right. I'm your, I'm your child. That's why guys, people like John, they got it. They got this revelation so profoundly, even though they messed up and made lots of crazy mistakes along the way, they, they could stay there at the end of the day and even say it boldly in by the goodness of God, he th- God in his spirit says, that's going in the canon. That's going in the canon for all history and all time. John said it. I'm his beloved. God wanted that in the canon. I'm not his enemy. I'm not his mistake. I'm not his failure. I'm his beloved. I'm his. I'm his son. Paul, I mean, I can't, I don't have time to unpack Paul's stuff either, but he's on the same bandwagon. He's on the same bandwagon. These are guys who, if you went back a slide to Glenn Harrison's quote, they learned to go with the grain of God's love for their life. Not against the grain. Well, we're talking last week about rivers and we'll talk about them a bit more next week. But, you know, you can either try and, have you tried to cross a river uh, and just like against the current? It's really hard work, isn't it? It's re- it, takes a lot, it takes a lot of work when you're going against the current. But if you just jump in the river and let the current take you, it's a lot more enjoyable. Uh, if you, tonight, Father's Day night, I got asked what I would like for dinner. And I said, out of my annual request, my meal is this, please. I want steak. I just want a really good steak. You can put some green stuff on it if you want, but the prize is the steak. So I'm going to get my Weber out, and I'll probably have a glass of red wine, and I'll have a whole bunch of noise and stuff going on around me. I'm going to put this steak on. And then when I've cooked it, just I like mine medium. Two minutes each side. Get it off. Let it sit for another five. And then I'm going to lift my steak knife. And I'm going to cut with the grain of the meat. And it's going to be like butter. It's just going to... (laughs) You're getting hungry? Matt's cooking sausages, so you can have a... It's not a steak, but it's, you know... There'll be a snag after this. These guys like John are trying to show us and tell us, and I think Harrison's onto it. He's picked it up, this revelation, that somehow we can either walk life against the grain or we can go with the grain of God. But to go with the grain of God, it means to be yielded to who God says we are. 
Now, we can fight with that, but that's when we start to go against the grain. You made a mistake with me. No, no. (laughs) You did this. No, no. No, no. We are who he says we are. That he has lavished us upon us. Are we living in the grain of God's generous, lavish love? You think about that next time you have a steak, aren't you, Michael? I know I am. You know, we're living at a time where, I'm just going to round this up here. We're living in a time and a space where God has placed us and planted us to be these good news stories to the world that we're living in right now. Right now. To the people that we work among right now. And, but we're living in this in the context of an of a, of a, um, a alternative series of stories and, and opportunities for people. And the big spiritual one in this moment is, is that we are clearly living in the rise of of an age of hyper-individualism, like hyper. It doesn't just say, yes, I acknowledge you as the individual. It actually goes further. It elevates it to the point of self-determination by being true to ourselves without even considering those that we're trying to walk alongside of. It also says... The rise of individualism to be true to yourself, be your own Lord, be your, express yourself however you want. God sent Jesus to rescue us from our own labels. God sent Jesus to rescue us from our own self-identifications and all of the fatigue and the exhaustion of trying to live under the relentless anxiety of our own need to be in control of our own destiny and be our own king. That's why God sent Jesus. And right now, the good news is we no longer have, if, we, if we're going to be a people of good news of King Jesus in our world at this time, we can say to people that are just laboring intensively under the spiritual and, and, and psychological oppression of this hyper-individualism, we can say to them, guys, it's not on your shoulders. You don't have to make it up. You don't, have, you don't have to live under the prison of all of that exhaustion. There's another way. There's a life and a love and identity that flows from a God who's revealed himself to us in Jesus. And you can live from him and who he says you are. You guys carry and live a good news story. The reality of Jesus. God sent Jesus to us. And in doing so, he's inviting everyone to come into who he says we are. And that we can live from his identity as, a, as people who know that they're loved. That they are living in generosity. They are living in grace. 
They are living in authority. They are living according to who God says they are. God is speaking to us as his creatures of his delight. You're a creature of his delight. You're an absolute creature of his delight. And we can come free having tried to figure it all out on our own and we can enter into what John says is the first word of that scripture. 1 John 3, 1. See for yourself. See for yourself this love that's been lavished upon us in God, through God in Jesus. God has revealed who we are as human beings and it's grounded and it's centred in his character and his overflowing love. Do you know who you are? Have you heard the good news about Jesus? Are we exhausted from the self-determination, self-identification, self-rule, and are we willing to risk the beauty and the power of a God who took on flesh and came and made a way for us that through his death and resurrection we might have hope and be good news? Enter into the joy of Jesus today. Enter into his joy that your joy might be complete. Enter into his sense of purpose, his sense of self-assurance and our place in the world. Do you know the joy of God? Do you know it coursing through your thoughts? Do you know the joy of God coursing through your heart? Do you know the joy of God coursing through your emotions and your purposes? Do you know the joy of God? Can we all, like John, say, and this is who we are? That's bold. That's so bold. And can we, like Ed, and I read out his story at the very start, can we, like Ed, realise it's actually the smiling presence of God and his great delight to bring us into what John wrote there in 1 John 3. 1. It's God's great delight. Old John the Evangelist, he asks us a question. Have you seen? Do you see? Do you want to see the great lavish love of God? Do you see who you really are? in light of who he is. If you can't or you're struggling to see today, I want you to know that God in his kindness is here to help you and me see with clarity once again that our hearts, our minds and our daily lives would be filled with joy that the world would know God is good and that they belong to him and that they have great purpose in this earth. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. 
Thank you that when we open the scriptures, you, they come alive to us and, and, and we come alive to them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you open up um, both the spiritual atmosphere in a room in a moment and thank you that you, 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 you help break through the, the crustiness of our hearts or the resistance of our minds or the fatigue in, our, in the members of our body. You, you, just, you, you bring Jesus alive to us and we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, it's a simple prayer. Help us to see. Mm. Help us to see. See how great is this love of God that's been lavished upon us. See it. Thank you, Lord. I feel like there's um, just maybe a few, I feel like there's maybe just a few um, like little prophetic encouragements that the Lord's um, speaking is with when it comes to seeing um, you know, the gift of prophecy and the prophetic is really, in, in our own words, articulating the things that are on the Father's heart and to be able to see with the eyes of God. And so I feel like there's maybe a couple in the room right now, even, you know, as, as just as freely as Oli just prayed. I feel like um, there's a bit of a prophetic grace just resting in the room right now. So I want to give some room for the Holy Spirit to just sort of bring that forward a little bit. Uh, if you just want to 
just from where you are, if you feel like the Lord's given you a, like a picture just now, a picture word, just feel free to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not nice and loud, thanks, mate. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. So this just, um, um, I, I feel like I'd like to, uh, I feel like there's just on the back of that, there's a few things there. Obviously, you know, that word picture quote that you had, Tim, about, you know, God reaching out through Christ. I feel like that's, that's what's going on in a moment like this. You know, God is reaching toward us. And, and, and I think, to complement that with with um, Matt's um, picture word that the Lord was showing him during worship, it's it's not to it, it's to be generous towards us. It's this generosity of God. It's profound, and it's this um, you know to bring it back to Dave's picture word this morning. It's this all encompassing reality. The Father wants to just be generous to you. So I, I, I feel like I'd like to invite us to respond to that. Um, simply by um, uh, standing, if, if you would like to just before God this morning say, I, I want to receive the generosity of your love towards me this morning, Lord, like those little jewels, but it's, we know that it's the treasure. We know it's Jesus. <laughs> But just, you know, just where you are this morning, just, you know, stand up where you are if you just like to before the Lord. This is between you and the Lord, you know. You're just saying, Lord, I, I want to receive from you what you... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, here we are. Our hands are open, our hearts are toward you. We can see we're responding to you reaching out towards us today. So would you, Lord, uh, we, we welcome the generosity of your love into our life right now. We welcome it into our hearts we welcome Jesus as Lord to our life. We welcome the power of your spirit to our bodies. We welcome the generosity of your love and your kindness. We thank you that in a moment like this, we see you. We see you, Lord. We want to draw our whole life from who you say we are in a moment like this. We lay down everything that we've labelled ourselves with or put on ourselves that, or taken on or adopted that others have said about who we are. We just choose to lay all that down, Lord, and we welcome afresh your love, your character, your, your purposes to come over our life again. Let there be a renewing of our mind today. 
that our hearts come alive to you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow, God's really thick in this moment. (laughs) It's a bit of a moment like Ed was having at the cafe, you know. It's like, I hear you, Lord, I see you. We don't want to run past or rush past that. I want to encourage you to take every bit of revelation and encounter that's happening in this moment. Thank you, God. going to um, Neil and Bo are just going to kind of quietly play some worship here for a little bit but I don't want to break a holy moment but I just want to just say you, you know you're free to sit and engage free to listen a bit more free to you know like they called him John the Revelator it's because he could see <laughs> And he wrote down everything that he was seeing in that moment. I want to encourage you, just make sure you write this stuff on your notes app on your phone or if, if you're old school pen and paper peeps, then use that too, whatever, or inside your Bible, scribble on the, the, that piece of scripture with a pen. Just write down the revelation that Jesus is bringing to you right now. Write it down. The Bible also tells us that people perish for lack of vision. So I just ble- I bless you to enter into the fullness of this revelation that's coming to you right now. Write it down. Let it inform who you are. And run with it. Run the good story of God. You're a good news people. I bless you into that in Jesus' name. I want to say, if you feel free to hang about. If you if you want to head off, then or you have to go. Feel free to head off. Um, or there's some um, snags up the back there. Matt's cooked up for us. Feel free to go and grab a snag and and enjoy some fellowship and some company today. But hey, God bless you and thanks for coming to the vineyard today. God bless you, and just remember, you are who He says you are. God bless you. Have a great week in the kingdom of God.